Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. Not one was man enough to go in there. 77 minutes. Most of those kids were my friends. There is a need to tackle the causes of climate change. Congressional Republicans want to strip away rights. We are demanding that the United States Congress codify Roe. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. We are demanding that the United States Congress codify Roe. Welcome in News and Views, Tom, Benny, and Clark. Uh, so there was a bunch of uh, the left-wing nut jobs being arrested up in uh, D.C., including um, AOC, who she was arrested, if you're watching on Facebook or on Cable 7, She's arrested, and they're all pretending as if they're in handcuffs. She's got a big, stupid grin on her face, walking across. They were, and, and then she puts up her fist. She wants them to think I'm in handcuffs. Somebody hollers something out to her, and she raises her fist like, well, how can you raise your fist if you're in handcuffs, lady? Uh, but, you know, the, the Capitol Police said, hey, clear it out. They gave them three warnings. They were blocking the street in front of the Supreme Court. And you had, uh, what was it, like 17... 16 or 17. 16 or 17 uh, Democrats arrested. Including a Democrat from North Carolina. Uh, Alma Adams, Mm -hmm. the hat lady. Um, At the same time that AOC and the rest of the squad and a bunch of others, 16 members of Congress apparently, 34 arrested, 16, half of them, uh, a little less than half were members of Congress. At the same time, Kamala Harris just off of her speech to the NAACP saying that the fact that the Supreme Court did away with Roe and now Roe is uh, no longer on, on the federal level, now the states will decide whether or not abortion will be legal, each of our 50 states. Now that that has happened, Kamala Harris is saying, hey, you know what? This is, this is akin to slavery. This is the same as slavery. Now, consider the fact that Margaret Sanger was a, a devout racist, a eugenist, who wanted – I mean she wanted Planned Parenthood. Genocide. Yeah. She believed in genocide, plain and simple. Yeah, it's really interesting. There is a, a story out just today of Planned Parenthood trying to put a clinic – in a high school in California where the attendance by minorities is something like 80% of the students there are minority, and they want to put a Planned Parenthood clinic right in the high school. Mm. You can't make it up. I mean, Margaret Sanger might be six feet under, but as she hears Kamala Harris carrying the water for her, she's got to have a big grin on her face. What part of California do you remember? I don't remember. Bay, Bay Area, maybe? Uh, I think it was. Berkeley? Out, uh, it was out in the Bay Area somewhere, yeah. I might have it here in my pile. Um, but, you know, speaking of arrogant idiots, this Prince Harry story, <laughs> this guy makes me barf. <laughs> so he's speaking to an empty United Nations hall. During his remarks, he slams the United States, quote, we're rolling back constitutional rights. Harry, have you ever read the Constitution? <laughs> I seriously doubt it. He lamented over global, the global assault on democracy. 
the global assault. How about the sovereignty of nations, Harry? And listen, Harry, if you don't like us, leave. <laughs> don't let the door hit you in the fanny on the way out. I thought he was a Canadian now. Were they in Canada or in the United States? I guess that, they've got uh, nothing speaks to a lifetime of struggle for equality than an estranged royal living in exile in an $18 million estate out in California. Yeah, that spent his 20s and 30s in a drunken uh, haze, basically. You know, I, I'm so tired of these brats, whether it's AOC or Prince Harry, who have never had a real job a day in their life. They have never have had – now, AOC was a bartender. She, I guess she had to work for a while there. But, I mean, Harry gets his royal allowance, which per month is more than most Americans get in a year. And, again, if, it, if America is so bad, Harry, leave. <laughs> Nobody's putting a gun to your head. Don't come here and lecture us. I, I saw the video feed. Uh, I forget what news station was on, on him speaking, and they show the crowd. <laughs> And I think because I'm here today, I think there's more in the studio now than there was in the, <laughs> and for his UN speech. Oh, uh, okay. and who was he representing? I mean, uh, I mean, why does he get to speak at the because UN? it's the this is the UN, and he is carrying the water for their agenda. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if, look, you could probably get a, a, a time up given an address to the UN if you were liberal enough. Yeah, probably could. But but he does not represent the royal family in anything now, right? He's kind of like outside of the royal family. Or? Well, I would say from their vantage point, he is, yeah. He probably just gets a check. He just can't say that he's part of the royal family. Yeah, but he still gets his allowance. Oh, yeah. Uh, speaking of the squad, uh, Fox News is reporting Representative Cory Bush has injected nearly $400,000 of campaign funds into her private security services while refusing to tone down, tone down her calls for um, defunding the police. Well, this <laughs> well, was a federal filing. And the, the truth of the matter is, in her district that she represents, based on her, her crazy liberal policies and the liberal policies of the Democrat mayor that's there, heck, it's not safe for anyone. No. but She spent $90,000 just last quarter. Oh, my goodness. Just last quarter on security for herself. Mm. And yeah. she's another George Soros-backed candidate, I believe. Yeah. Didn't he probably a bunch, yeah, bunch of money in her campaign? Me. Wouldn't surprise me. The, the good news is, according to Rick Scott, the uh, senator from Florida, former governor, he uh, was on Fox News and described what will happen to the Democrats in 2022 in a single word. The word he used was bloodbath. Scott says inflation will be the key issue in the November elections. This is hurting so many people in my state. I think it's going to be a bloodbath for the Democrats this year. This is not going to be about 24. It's going to be about 22. It's going to be about three issues. Inflation. Are my kids getting a good education? Can I live in a safe community? And the Democrats are wrong on all of those issues. The senator who serves as the chairman of the National Republican Senatorial Committee said Republicans should retake control of the Senate. We're going to have a great year, he said, predicting Republicans could pick up six Senate seats this fall. You know, there have been predictions out, and, I, I you know, it's still a long way away. And... I'm not trying to be a wet blanket, but Republicans have the ability to uh, grab uh, victory out of the jaws of, or grab defeat out of the jaws of victory. 
um, he was on with Shannon Bream. Uh, Shannon Bream brought up the fact that, um, well, what is the GOP plan for inflation? And I'm thinking, here's our plan. Everything that Joe's Biden, Joe Biden is doing will stop. <laughs> yeah, just do the opposite. I mean, that would work. But he said to make it simple, we've got to balance the budget. And here's the problem. I, I don't know that people in Washington, D.C., even Republicans – I mean, there's a few up there that will balance the budget, but the the days of Walter Jones are are gone, and there's very few people. You know, Rand Paul, he he probably would like a balanced budget. Apparently, Rick Scott would. Well, yeah, we don't have any North Carolina senators talking about it. No, and we, we've got some, you know, congressmen that that talk about it. Uh, you know, Greg Murphy certainly talked about it quite a bit. But uh, the thing about it is. Um, I mean, who's going, who's going to stick their neck out there and say, hey, it's time to cut it off. It's time to do something. And I, I just I'm not seeing the Republicans be very vocal about it at all. Uh, you know, I, I have said this since the day I started this program some 12 years ago. We have got to bring into the way we do politics term limits. Because I'm sorry, everybody that gets up there, from Richard Burr to Tom Tillis, the only person I would say that wasn't really concerned with term limits, well, even even Walter Jones, when he was up there, you know, he had a pledge to, to uh, sign off on the uh, New Gingrich contract with America, which included term limits, and that went by the wayside. And I'm not ragging on Walter. I love Walter. He's a, a good friend, God rest him. But the... Until we get term limits, these people get up there and they run for re-election, plain and simple. They get up there and they say, hey, you know what? I love the perks. I want to stay as long as possible. And as a result, they they vote on things not which is best for America, but that which is best to get them re-elected. I don't care if you're a Democrat, independent, or a Republican. Well, and to your discussion about, you know, you know I'm not as optimistic mystic as rick scott because when you look at the north carolina race just out today or yesterday um jerry beasley outraised ted bud what six or seven to one or something some crazy amount i'd love to see how much <clears throat> out of state funds oh yeah you know where it's coming 99 percent is out but, of state. but they're spending a boatload of money on these senate campaigns in pennsylvania wisconsin north carolina and some of the other key ones and i, I just I, I don't know um i don't know that you're going to be able to outspend the statistics and how bad the American voter is I hope is you're feeling. right. I hope you're right. The thing about it is things are getting so bad that even people that don't follow politics. Um, That's because it's in their face. Yeah, it's in their face. And not not only in their face. I mean, they see the numbers. They see fuel prices. They see food prices. They see rent prices. Not only that, it's, there's no answers out of Joe Biden, none, other than blaming Putin. I mean, how long can they keep saying Putin, 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 Putin? Trump, 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 you know, give me a break. I mean, the, yeah, the fuel prices have – now fuel prices have slid a little bit, obviously. Oh, and them. they're bragging about it. And they're it. bragging about it. But before whoa, – whoa, whoa, wait, wait a minute. The president doesn't have any control of the gas prices. <laughs> you know, Good point. That's what we're saying just a few months ago. And I'm like, what? what? But now suddenly he does. It's gone down. It's doubled since he took office, and now it's come back by about, what, 15% maybe, 10%? Yeah, and, and a White House correspondent yesterday, other than Peter Ducey – might have been from CBS. I can't remember. It was from a network. Um, they actually hit the um, press secretary. Well, maybe it was an assistant press secretary um, 
on that issue of okay, why why can you take credit now for prices going down when before you said you couldn't control them? It was all Putin's fault, and of course, you know the spin, spin, spin. Only, only an idiot would have to believe that stuff. But I, to your point, I just think there's too many things in the voters' faces for them to see if they don't follow politics. That I, it, I just can't imagine. But Republicans have been pretty good at the past of um, blowing it. You know, taking taking a big lead at halftime and blowing it. Yeah. Speaking of in your face, Joe Biden's face is in the toilet. Even CNN is having to admit that. They came out with a new poll yesterday. Americans question Biden's priorities in this new poll from CNN that highlighted widespread displeasure with the direction of the country and where it is headed. The latest CNN poll showed that 68% of U.S. adults believe Biden's priorities are wrong and that the president hasn't paid enough attention to critical issues facing Americans like the economy and inflation. This is up 10% from where it was in November of 2021 when the data was last tracked according to the poll. As the midterms loom, Americans told CNN pollsters they don't believe the country where elected Democrats hold the highest office is headed in a safe direction, a safe direction. That's interesting that they use that word. I mean, we hear it is headed in the wrong direction, but we're not headed in a safe direction. The survey found that 75% of Americans believe the rising cost of living, including gas, energy, and food prices, is the biggest economic crisis facing U.S. families. The data showed that 79% of Americans said the U.S. is doing pretty or very badly. Pretty badly or very badly. And 34% said it is doing very badly. Only 1% of U.S. adults believe the country is doing very well, and only 21% think it is doing very or fairly well, according to the poll. Comparatively, in June of 2019, the poll showed that 18% of Americans felt the country was doing very well, and 57% said the U.S. was doing very or fairly well. In other words, the numbers are terrible for Joe. They are absolutely terrible for Joe. And if these, I, I don't, you know, if these numbers were to flip today, and suddenly they went back to Donald Trump, okay, we know that's not going to happen. If it did, maybe Joe would uh, not get a total shellacking, but we know that's not going to happen. Joe is uh, in trouble. The Democrats are in trouble, and uh, it is going to be. Um, Election night is going to be a very enjoyable night for conservatives to uh, sit around the TV and watch what happens. Did, did you see this, talking about polls, did you see the Civitas polls from Carolina Journal on young voters? I talked about that, uh, well, an article about that the other day, but oh, go okay. ahead. Okay, was that was that about uh, the rent issue? and, and your, you know, key, I, No, it was, I did not mention the rent part. Yeah, key issues that you know young voters are – concerned about other than fuel prices like rent for example and the civitas they released a poll that says six percent of vo- voters 18 to 14 disapprove of biden 16 and they talked about you know the rent numbers and just raleigh and raleigh alone the average rent price in raleigh is fifteen hundred dollars a month and there's less than five percent of apartments in raleigh for less than a thousand a month wow and it's almost a 20 percent increase from last year this time 
I'm not sure if you can blame that entirely on Joe Biden because Raleigh is one of the highest growth cities in the nation. But uh, but all all the cost components of building construction and and rents and everything. Yeah, I mean it's all it all flows through you know every every product and and rents one of them. I mean if it costs thirty forty percent or more to build a property, then the rents are going to follow. Bingo. Hey, we've got to take a time out. Stay with us. News and Views for a Tuesday continues right after this. No need to search for the facts. The fact is, it's, um, well, it's, it's, uh, it's uh, hold on. Let's see, they, uh, they gave me, uh. Just take note. Okay. It's, uh, one pound of ground beef. One egg. What is this? That's a recipe for uh, for meatloaf someone gave me. That's nice. And check in throughout the day here. Look. Uh, no, seriously. Look around. Anybody see a piece of paper with my notes on it? For what's next, travel with us on Talk 96.3 and 103.7 with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back again, Tom and Benny. And it is uh, July 19th, 2022. 68 years ago today, 1954, Elvis Presley. Had his very first single released by Sun Records. Want to take a guess what the name of it was? What was that first hit song? No, it was Love not. Me Tender? No, it was not. It was not You Ain't Nothing But a Hound Dog either. Yeah, it was That's All Right Mama. That's, mm, I should know that. What was side B? You, if you didn't know the first side, side A, you're not going to know side B. Mm. Blue Moon of Kentucky. Take a look at your weather forecast. Partly cloudy skies tonight. A stray shower or thunderstorm is possible. Low around 73. Tomorrow, sunny with a few clouds. A shower is possible. High around 92. And uh, overall, it looks uh, pretty good. Uh, Lots of sunshine. Uh, The best chance of a thunderstorm looks like it will come on Friday with isolated storms. Speaking of Elvis, um, my brother has them now. but My mother had two original Elvis albums, one of them G.I. Blues. And um, I mean, it's kind of neat, you know, pull out those old albums, play them. Every I wonder now if they're worth anything now. I don't know, um, but she 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 certainly covered them because she lo- she loves some Elvis. Loves some Elvis. Well, that's that's not uncommon. Lots of people loved Elvis. Uh, taking a look at your weather uh, forecast uh, sponsor, that would be Ironwood Country Club. Whether you're looking to spend your summer poolside, courtside, or greenside. Ironwood Golf and Country Club offers a variety of memberships tailored to fit your lifestyle with no initiation fee required. Headed to the beach, pack your clubs. Ironwood members receive reciprocal golf and dining privileges at the Beaufort Club in Beaufort and Compass Point Golf Club and Magnolia Greens located near Wilmington. For more information, contact membership director Jenna Doyle. Her number is 252-752-4653. Join in the fun at Ironwood today, a part of the Renaissance Golf Group. Um, interesting story out of ECU Health. They've announced a partnership with Acadia Healthcare to build a new behavioral health hospital in Greenville. It's supposed to be operational in the spring of 2025. In a media release this morning, ECU announced the state-of-the-art 144-bed behavioral health hospital in the medical district of Greenville, less than a mile from the ECU Health Medical Center, It will include 24 inpatient beds for children and adolescents with mental health needs. So it looks like there's going to be uh, two different parties that will each invest around. I I can't tell the way this is written. If if ECU and Acadia are each going to invest $65 million 
or that's the total. But anyway, it's going to be a, a large, nice facility. If you're familiar with Greenville, uh, the new facility would be located where Allen Road intersects with the McGregor Downs Road. Mm-hmm. So not too far from uh, the main hospital, just down the road, less than a mile from where the uh, hospital is located. Yeah, that's sorely needed. Anyone that's, yeah, I've experienced a need, uh, family need years ago, you know, after a traumatic brain injury, and there's just nowhere for people that are having a mental health crisis to go in eastern North Carolina. And it's, uh, I mean, it's been that way for a while. So this is something that's really needed in this area. Now, now here's what's going to be, and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to stir the pot here, but here's, it's going to be interesting to see if there's any controversy because one of the things that ECU will need to obtain to, to build this is a certificate of need. Mm-hmm. Now, I doubt if there's going to be any issues with them getting the certificate of need, but, <sighs> There's going to be a lot of people that say, oh, there you go. There you go again. If you're one of the big boys, you get to uh, say this is what we're going to do and, you know, that they just open the doors for you. But, I, yeah, I would think a certificate of need would be a slam dunk for that. I would think so, too. <laughs> but but at the same time, I mean, if, you know, if the private sector is not on its own doing it, then, um, it, you know, because it's, um, it's – I hate to say it, but mental, mental, it appears that mental health – Healthcare is not very popular because <laughs> uh, it's just it's just or or maybe it just shows that the growing problem we have in the area that just hadn't been addressed. But well, there's a lot of people that have made a lot of money off of the whole mental health industry and the government handouts. I think for it's been that yeah. Health. I, I mean, think it's I'm, been some. You're myths. talking about probably nationwide billions of dollars. A lot of money has been misapplied and mishandled yeah. for sure. Uh, the accountability is not where it needs to be. Washington Times is reporting House Republicans want to haul in Department of Energy officials to examine the Biden administration's handling of the strategic petroleum reserves. Now, we've talked about this, and now the Republicans want to do something about it. Recent overseas sales of domestic stock out of the strategic petroleum reserve, even selling part of that reserve to communist China. Now, the the first question that comes to mind is, why would you possibly do this? I mean, it's hard to imagine why even a lame brain like, I'm sorry, am I is that, am I being uh, <laughs> callous and disrespectful? For well, even Democrats it? are using those terms now. So, I mean. <laughs> but even for Joe Biden, I mean, you, you've got to ask yourself. Why would Joe do such a thing apart from the idea that he's either being blackmailed or paid off? Yeah, and, I, and I'm not certainly not defending him, and, and I think anyone that's listening to me would uh, say that I wouldn't say – I hadn't said many things positive about Joe Biden. But I don't know. I've read a few articles about this, and I'm not sure of how it really works when they release the – from the reserves. But if it goes to the open market, what control does the federal government have at that point? You know, if, if they just release those reserves to the open petroleum market to be used wherever, I, I don't know. It may, maybe, well, maybe why, not. Why do we well, – first, well, here's the thing. Why are they being released at all? I mean, the reason yeah. why Joe is being released Politics. is to help his political <clears throat> career. I mean, to help his party. Mm-hmm. Like, pure and simple. One uh, commenter to this uh, Times article uh, – this is the Washington Times article – I mean, I'm, I'm going to read what he said. I'm not going to take credit for it, but it was it was spot on. He said, America's strategic petroleum reserve was never meant to be used by politicians to save their political butts. 
It was created and filled to provide the United States with the means to keep the armed forces of the United States mobile in a time of war or the threat of war and to keep war industries operating. Biden misused the Strategic Petroleum Reserve to save his floundering presidency. The effort failed, and he's still floundering. Moreover, he sold oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve to other nations, including communist China, which happens to be at least an adversary of the United States. He called him an enemy of the United States, certainly an adversary. How much money came to the United States from the sales? Where did it go? Was Hunter Biden involved at any point? Did Joe or Hunter receive any money from the sale? Good questions. That's a very good question. And the fact that, I mean, Democrats and Republicans alike that, that know that it doesn't move the needle at all releasing oil from no. the If it reserves. does, for maybe, like two weeks, maybe, max. for a few pennies. Yeah, max. I mean, it's small potatoes. Trump filled them up to the top. Biden's. Isn't that, isn't that how the Democrats operate? Oh, yeah. I mean, when, when uh, Governor Dumpling was in office— <laughs> I mean, she just she just mortgaged up to, to, to the hilt in terms of unemployment, um, and and we get re- conservatives in there; they got to pay it back. Yeah, our unemployment fund was broke. Um, <clears throat> the you know Pat McCrory, when he was in office, and the General Assembly put together measures to to pay that back to the federal government and made uh, the unemployment fund more healthy. Yep, and more healthy f- when we had some other you know problems like during the pandemic. Uh, healthier than what a lot of states were. Here's something to be very, very thankful for. Former New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio announced today that he was ending his congressional campaign after polls showed that he had little chance of securing the Democrat nomination in the newly drawn 10th Congressional District. Admitting to having, quote, made mistakes in the past, de Blasio acknowledged in a video posted to his Twitter account that, quote, people are looking for another option. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the understatement of the year. To represent them in Congress and said it was time for him to leave electoral politics and focus on other ways to serve. Yeah, like flying to the moon to find out if it's inhabitable. <laughs> uh, de Blasio's decision to drop out of the race followed polls showing him far behind other Democrat contenders in the 10th District which, starting in January of 2023, will cover lower Manhattan and parts of Brooklyn. One recent poll conducted by a left-wing Working Families Party indicated that de Blasio had just 3% of support of likely primary voters. You know, I'm actually personally a little disappointed because it gave us some low-hanging fruit for when he ran. I mean, because he's going to say some stupid things, and it just kind of get kind of gave us some easy material. But he's out now. Well, so. don't expect whoever wins that primary to be any. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it'll be I another mean, AOC probably. Yeah. Oh, type. yeah. How how bad can it get? I mean, but De Blasio was just a dimwit. I mean, he was not only a liberal, but he was not a smart liberal. I mean, remember when he went on and tried to get people to get vaccinated by offering them a free hamburger and French fries? And he went on on, on a, a public service announcement, eating a hamburger and French fries. Go mm, yeah, yeah, get your vaccination and uh, get a free hamburger. Yeah, that went over about as well as uh, <laughs> what Elizabeth Warren, you know, drinking a beer. Drinking and, her beer. <laughs> talking to her, her husband. Mm. Hey, buddy. Want a beer? Well, I gotta, I gotta have respect for her husband to stay with her. <laughs> Either that or, well, we won't go there. <laughs> um, yeah, I love you, honey. Every time the, I, the, you know, I, 
you know, I, I call her the pretendian. Well, I'm sure her husband does a lot of pretending, <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> According to the uh, Kentucky Courier General, a uh, Courier General, Courier Journal, it's probably the Lexington Courier Journal. Kentucky Republicans had something to celebrate this week. The State Board of Elections announced the number of registered GOP voters surpass, surpassed registered Democrats for the first time, 1,612,060 Republicans to 1,609,000 Democrats. After a century and a half, the birthplace of Lincoln has finally aligned with the party of Lincoln. Republican Secretary of State Michael Adams said of the numbers, just 40, and this is how bad the Democrats have it. Hmm. Just 40 years ago, Democrats made up 68% of registered voters in Kentucky, more than double the 28% of, yeah, more than double the 28% of Republicans. 68% Democrats, 28% Republicans. Republicans, for the first time in the history of Kentucky, now have more registered voters than the Democrats. Hmm. Well, maybe that means uh, Mitch McConnell's seat is safe. Well, it might. Uh, it probably would. It certainly means Rand Paul is safe. Uh, he is seeking a third term. The majority of people in Kentucky realize that their beliefs are best represented by the Republican Party, Rand Paul said. Um, just since Joe Biden took office, I'm trying to f- see those numbers here. Yeah, since he took office, the Democrats, and, and that's just, what, January of uh, last year, Democrats have lost Almost 58,000 registered voters. Republicans have gained almost 34,500 voters. So, um, Joe, you're not helping out. I mean, it it is – it's really interesting how the the voters are fleeing Mm -hmm. from the Democrats in mass numbers. And, you know, there's going to be some people that would – are we there? They're, Lost you there for a second. I, I disappeared. I think, apparently, I, apparently, apparently, the Democrats oh, are, I think, are upset with what I was. Saying. I thought Clark hit the dump button because <laughs> he was preparing for me. <laughs> but listen, I mean, the Democrats, people are fleeing the Democrats. There's there's a few old people that are probably saying, "I'm not going to change. I'm never going to change," and there are those who are the AOC. Mm-hmm. Cory Bush type that are just ultra liberal. They're, they're, they're buying into the progressives. But the average American is saying enough is enough. Wouldn't you suspect that most Democrats are leaving and going independent and um, or unaffiliated, depending on what it's called and what state? I mean, I, I would not think most Repu- most Democrats are going Republican. I think maybe the more new voters are are going Republican than certainly Democrat, but the ones that are leaving the Democrat Party, don't you think they're probably going unaffiliated or independent? Well, you know, this this um, statistic that came out of the Republican Party of Kentucky says that uh, since since Joe took office, they've lost 58,000 Democrats. The Republicans have gained 34,500 and others is 16,867. Mm. I don't know if that includes, you know, people that are just saying independent, unaffiliated. Right. Unaffiliated isn't really a party. 
Uh, yes, obviously those other. I mean, they're they're losing. The Democrats are losing more than the Republicans are gaining. So obviously, a segment of those leaving the Democratic Party are going somewhere other than just the Republican Party. And, and for the Republicans, I mean, either either you love or hate Donald Trump. I mean, what, regardless of that, you got to you got to believe that the new voters coming to the Republican Party is all because of Donald Trump. I mean, he's he's brought more people to the table that didn't vote. Well, I think the the individual that has brought more people to the Republican Party in the last uh, couple of years has been Joe Biden. <laughs> Joe Biden. Sure. Yeah. yeah, I mean, just like Jimmy Carter. Yeah. Jimmy Carter did wonders for the Republican Party, and Joe Biden is Jimmy Carter 2.0. The happiest man in the United States is Jimmy Carter because he's no longer the worst president in the history of the country. Hey, speaking of Donald Trump, new numbers out between Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis. We'll have that when we get back. Now, folks, uh, uh, look, they keep talking about a pipeline, a magical cash pipeline. And uh, that's not going to bring down inflation. It's not going to bring down gas prices. Only changing my terrible policies can do that. The only cash pipeline that's open right now is the one that's dumping our money into Ukraine. Cutting through the confusion to bring you clarity with Tom and Benny on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in. The Washington Examiner is reporting that Donald Trump and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis are effectively tied in Michigan among Republican voters in a fresh poll suggesting the former president may not be as invincible as previously presumed in a 2024 White House primary. In a survey from Glenn Gariff, uh that's a polling group, Trump led DeSantis 45% to 42% in a hypothetical head-to-head matchup with 12% undecided. The former president's vulnerability in a primary against DeSantis in Michigan, a key battleground state, is evident among college-educated Republicans and Republicans who support the GOP first and Trump second. Among college-educated Republicans, DeSantis led Trump 51 percent to 37 percent. Among party-first Republicans, the Florida governor led the former president 53 percent to 33 percent. Keeping Trump in the game are his advantages among Republican voters without a college degree and GOP voters who support the former president first and the party second. Among the former, Trump led DeSantis 55 percent to 29 percent. Among the latter, he topped the Florida governor 71% to 24%. Um, so it's it's going to be interesting. The question is, does Ron DeSantis, does he have his eye on the White House? I'm not sure. I mean, only he knows for sure, right? But um, Well, i I got to believe the amount of money that he's raising uh, for the next governor race. I mean, he's going to win. Oh, for sure. I mean, That's he's not even. I mean, in the polling, and he is raising an awful lot of money, getting getting money from uh, support of uh, former Trump supporters, big big dollars. Yeah, you talked and, about that a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, and they're not doing that for him to run for governor. I, right. I just, I, you know, I, I got to believe he he is on on point to run, and he's just waiting to see what Trump will do is to see if it's going to be a <laughs> a joint effort or a you know head to head campaign. Well, and of course, he does have this governor's race. So, I mean, he, he essentially can't say anything until the governor's That's, race yeah. is out of the way. Yeah. But uh, I, again, I look, don't email me and tell me I'm a turncoat. 
I, I, I love Trump. I love what he did for America, uh, putting America first, uh, getting the swamp as empty as he could. You know, I, I think even he didn't realize how nasty the swamp was and how these people are just total turncoats, people you think, well, they'll be good uh, employees of the federal government, and they weren't. They were turncoats against Trump. I, I say all that, but I would also say I would love to see, as I've said before, Donald Trump become the king maker rather than the king. Mm-hmm. I think uh, you know if we got a DeSantis in there who's very similar to Trump in many ways, maybe not as caustic, but certainly knows how to play hardball. We'd have a candidate that potentially could be there for the next eight years. And there's some uh, some people talking about today. Matter of fact, on Just the News, and I've seen some other outlets that you know suspecting that governor nikki haley uh former governor of south carolina may be uh hinting around at uh running for the 2024 nomination i see her as perhaps a vp i don't see her as a yeah. uh, presidential candidate I, i've been wrong plenty of times before but i just i i, I think it's i mean the two people that are going to be contending for it are donald trump and and DeSantis. yeah and most of the time um you know if there's a Top of the ticket, that's a, a governor or someone like Donald Trump that's you know really not into politics. But oftentimes when there's a governor at the top of the ticket, they've got to get somebody that's a Washington insider. I mean, yeah, they, they a lot of times they go for a state, maybe in an Ohio or Pennsylvania right. or some key swing state. But oftentimes that vice president, just like Mike Pence, uh, you know, has a congressional uh, was in Congress, and so for for Nikki Haley to run, who's going if she does run, who's she going to get? Who is um, Liz Cheney running against? I, was, I can't remember her name, but Liz Cheney is getting trounced. Yeah, the good people of Wyoming. Uh, the, I mean, the the, uh, the the person she's running against has got 50-some percent of the vote, and she's got like 24 percent of the vote. And I guess the others are undecided or going in some other direction. But, I mean, she's getting trounced. And what's interesting is, you know, a lot of people outside of Wyoming don't realize that Liz Cheney – was born in Michigan, grew up in Arlington, Virginia, and okay, her her folks owned a place out in Wyoming, but she's never really lived there. And you know, I was thinking about it on the way over when I was to the to the studio tonight or this afternoon. If Liz Cheney loses, do you think she's going to go back to Wyoming? Not a chance. <laughs> she's probably in the same house she lives in. She lived in before she ran for the house of Wyoming. Yeah, she might go back to uh, what was it be Teton County, I guess Jackson, Wyoming, <clears throat> somewhere that's you know a little bit more liberal than the rest of the state. But you know, Liz Cheney, you know, she, she won Wyoming purely on her dad's, you know, dad's coattails. Right. I mean, he's he's lived in Wyoming for some time, um, and the fact that you know outside of Teton County and some other liberal places, which is very few liberal places in Wyoming, um, you, you know, Wyoming people are more. They're they're more on the libertarian side of Republican conservative. Right. They just got want to be left alone. And even the fact that Liz Cheney, not only she's anti-Trump on this anti-Trump campaign, she's one of these kind of controlling Republicans that really just you know want to control everything. And that that's not Wyoming. No. That's not what the people of Wyoming, Montana, or Idaho is all about. And I know several out there. Yeah, live free. Let just let us leave us alone, lady. Washington Times is reporting Biden is preparing to declare a climate emergency 
saying lawmakers have spoken to the president and are urging him to take executive action now that Congress negotiations for climate change have fallen apart. You know, Joe Manchin has basically said, no, we're not going to go there. Democrat lawmakers expect Mr. Biden to announce a climate emergency as early as this week. White House officials, however, were coy about whether Biden would do it Wednesday when he visits the shuttered Brayton Point power plant in Somerset, Massachusetts, to talk about climate change. I don't know the exact words the president is going to use, but I think Biden is poised to use his commander-in-chief authority to invoke a domestic mobilization against the climate crisis, said Senator Ed Markey of Massachusetts. What climate crisis? What climate crisis? A White House official refused to say if Biden would make the declaration in Massachusetts, telling the Washington Times they didn't want to get ahead of the president's remarks. Yeah, because you never know what's going to come out of his mouth. Senate Democrats are urging Biden to act unilaterally now that Joe Manchin, a West Virginia Democrat and powerful moderate, has dropped his support for a new clean energy tax breaks and a party-line spending bill, killing any chance of legislation action on a climate bill. In other words, let's bypass the business as it is to be carried out within the halls of Congress, and let's form a dictatorship. Let's go back to <laughs> Obama, who's really running this this administration anyway. You know, I've got a pen and a phone. That, that's the same idea. Let's just make it up as we go along. The Massachusetts power plant, formerly one of the largest electricity producers in New England, is undergoing a conversion from coal to wind power and will serve as a backdrop for Biden's call for more new, new, more renewables in the power grid. You know, I, I'm looking forward. I'm really looking forward to these liberals in New England freezing their collective butts off because <laughs> that is exactly what is going to happen. The president will deliver remarks on tackling the climate crisis and seizing the opportunity of clean energy future to create jobs, lower costs for families. Lower costs. Where does what does that sound familiar at all? Yes. Yeah, pa- pass Obamacare and mm-hmm. what was it? Twenty five hundred dollars per we'll family. Say the we'll average say family twenty five hundred dollars per year. Unbelievable. It's, you know this this whole idea that I'm going to declare an emergency is so far off base, but it sounds eerily familiar to Cooper's never-ending illegal COVID emergency, mm-hmm. that I'm going to just declare an emergency. What BS? I mean, this is total BS. Well, I think this is um, – I, I mean, this this tells us what's what's going to happen in the next few months. We're getting ready to see some all-out executive orders. They, they don't have Joe, Joe Manchin. I mean, he is – he has clearly drawn a line in the sand. He knows what this has all done, all this excessive COVID spending that end up didn't go to COVID. It went to a lot of other things. Some of it went to COVID. But I think you're going to see some executive orders here coming pretty soon. I mean, it's a Hail Mary they're going to do and try to take control before they lose control. All right, we got to run. Senate. We'll be right back.